to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Well, good morning. Hey, how you doing on a uh, the first day of April, at least on the show here, the second day of April, the first April show. It's already, we're through a quarter of the year. I can't believe it. And I have an admission to make. Today, yes, today, I will, and Max is back today. We, uh, we thank everyone. Leah for hanging out with us last week, but Max is back after a little respite. That's right. Um, and Max, I'm, I'm telling you that today I have made a commitment. I struggled with it all last evening and overnight. I am going to finally remove the lighted reindeer from the front of our house that uh, wow. that still adorn our lawn. Boy, that's... I figured it's time to do that. That's almost as much of a gut-wrenching decision as Will Smith resigning from the Academy. <laughs> you're you're right. I mean, I struggled with it. I walked it back and forth. Should I? Shouldn't I? And then I figured my wife said, uh, hon... We're through a quarter of the year. Do you think you can do that? I said, okay, well, I guess we'll do it. I can't. I like my lighted reindeer. You know, I put them up a little before Christmas, and they're up there for a, a few days, and then the 12 days of Christmas, and it's all over. Everyone else has already got their things packed up. They go, no. So we made it through Valentine's Day. Next year, I'm going to stretch it all the way to Memorial Day. Let's see if I can do that. <laughs> At any rate, yeah. <clears throat> Yesterday, the breaking news over uh, the evening was that Will Smith resigned his membership in the Academy. We're going to have to learn about that because I'm not sure I understand exactly what that means. Uh, does that mean he's no longer a union actor? Does that mean uh, he can't vote? I don't know what being in the Academy means, and I'm sure we have someone, maybe someone in the house that can help us with that. I can that. find someone. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, go out and uh, I'll I'll riff for a while. I'll yeah. vamp here while I'll you go and find I'll, someone I'll, in the building. I'll, if I'll you find can. a local film critic who might know something yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we'll see what we can do on that uh, on that count. Uh, we, we we are going to talk about that. We have a packed show now. If you like, if you like uh, the podcast format, today's show, the last couple hours of the show, will feel a bit like a serial podcast, podcast shorts, we'll call it, uh, because we just have a series of interesting interviews. I, I saw something in uh, that was reported uh, the other day about our own Leah Almstadt, who is a, a you know a, a, a part-timer here, but an associate producer, and um, something amazing that her professor said to her over at Lindenwood, and we're talk to her uh, at 7 o'clock. 7.25, J.J. Carafano joins us to talk about Ukraine. We do have that always on our radar, and if anything breaks, of course, that's uh, 
uh, earth shattering and that you need to know, we will let you know. Right now, it seems as though there's this semi-stalemate. The Russians are bombing all kinds of civilian targets, destroying the country. The Ukrainians are taking back some captured suburbs and towns. Um, and gradually, the ring of red on the map uh, continues to gradually encroach in, as, as I read it, if I, if I use my virtual time-lapse camera of the mind, uh, thinking back to a week ago and a week before that and a week before that. Uh, Virginia Cruda, of course, makes a regular hit with us at 745. At 8 o'clock, Chris Arps. I've got to, in the wake of all that happened with the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing, I, I want to get a, an update on Chris's opinion because he has been a little bit counter, I think, to what the weight of opinion is on the Will Smith thing. Uh, the last time that I heard Chris talk about this, earlier in the week, on his show, and uh, we actually heard him on the show in in uh, in Columbia, or was it with Mike? I think it was Mike. That uh, you know he's got a chivalrous attitude toward toward what happened there. So we'll see what he says about that. Uh, and then Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, he joins us at eight twenty five. I'm interested in um, how he thinks voter fraud will be prevented by any new policies, regulations, laws. Of course, the legislature can't pass anything. So we'll look and see if there's anything percolating through the Missouri State House that might help secure your vote and make it uh, the privileged and precious uh, action that it is, as well as the redistricting disaster. I mean, it's meltdown there in the in the legislature. The Senate votes a, a, a redistricting map. The House refuses to go to a conference committee. They vote in their own. They can't get along. They can't get along within the Senate, much less between the Senate and the House. And how that must make his job just absolutely chaos. And then finally, Kelsey Bolar from Independent Women's Forum to talk about uh, IWF's stance on uh, Disney. Uh, don't say gay, the so-called don't say gay, uh, right, and other cultural matters. And uh, we'll we'll talk with her at 845. So, packed show. And, of course, this hour, uh, the number is 314-912-1019. If you want to get in touch with me and chat over whatever's on your mind from the goings-on of the week, it just seems like there is a torrent of news, things that are just flooding us. With The jobs report came out looking pretty good, unemployment down to 3.6%. Uh, Any more when the empl- unemployment rate drops, it's more a function of lower job participation, labor force participation, than it is jobs increase. I mean, 430 is good, no doubt about that. 430,000, but you, you ask restaurant workers, uh, restaurant owners, you ask uh, hotel owners, people in the hospitality industry, others, uh, well, throughout, and it's difficult. Uh, people just aren't, still aren't working like they used to and aren't wanting to work. But I guess when the free money were trillions and trillions and trillions that were pumped out in 20 and 21, um, I imagine things will change a little bit. But first of all, we, uh, we start our conversation we may not finish it, but we'll start our conversation with Max Voise from Max on Movies. And, um, of course, uh, a uh, an intrepid and renowned film critic. Oh, thank That's you. what we call our friends. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate that. And and I think it's great to have your insider knowledge. And, and you know, this has become such a cultural um, trigger and question for lots of conversations all week. Uh, the Will Smith, everyone knows what happened. We don't need to play the sound no, again. No, no, no. We, everybody knows. But uh, Will, uh, 24 hours after, just to recap what happened, 24 hours after the event on the Academy Awards show Sunday evening, Will Smith made an apology to the Academy, to the public, to Chris Rock, 
Chris Rock has his first show, his first stand-up, what was it, on Wednesday, I believe, right, in Boston. And it was a wonderful opening, of course. He said, how was your weekend? I mean, Yeah, how was just, your weekend? It's, it's just, <laughs> that's great. And, and he also said that he was still processing it. Of course, being a comedian, he made a joke about it. He said that he had an entire show written, and it went out the window after that happened, which, again, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's very, but he declined to press charges, which everybody figured would be the case, because mm-hmm. this is almost bigger than just the two of them. Uh, you know, it's funny to me that you would say that Will Smith apologized because I still don't take that as an apology from Will Smith. I think it was a PR agent who wrote something on Instagram. Mm. And perhaps I'm a bit too cynical, but Will Smith had his moment to apologize to Chris Rock and to everyone in the room, and he didn't. Uh, He When he won Best Actor, he only said to the Academy, I hope you invite me back next year, which, again, is very cynical and craven. But, uh, yeah. And narcissistic. Until I see Will Smith uh, crying on the Oprah Winfrey show, let's say, uh, you know, I'm just not... Not actually taking an, a, an apology from him right now. Okay, yeah, and, and like I say, it was a nominal apology, and technically, if you read the the ink on the paper, okay, it was an apology, but the timing of it was clearly uh, a PR move. There's no doubt about oh, that. Yeah. Uh, so there's a few. Well, and then yesterday evening, well, late afternoon evening, he resigns from the academy after they had announced that they were going to commence. An investigation. Now, there's a matter of fact that is still in dispute in my mind. Maybe it's not in dispute, but there's been so much back and forth. Mm-hmm. Initially, the Academy said that they asked him someone, either someone in the theater or officials with the Academy, asked him to leave after the slap and before he was uh, awarded. And he, quote, refused. Then I heard other reporting that said, well, no, he was never asked to leave. Mm-hmm. So, Max, you know the facts there? I do. The reporting went back and forth on this all week. And so, uh, just like you, I was thinking, well, you know, what's true, what isn't true? And I think this was confused because Will Packer, who was one of the producers this year, he's a film producer who was brought on to make the show more contemporary and more engaging for, for, for people. And uh, But he, he said on, I think it was Good Morning America, which I believe is on ABC, which is owned by Disney, who, of course, uh, and ABC is where the Oscars were were broadcast as well. I just like pointing that out for everyone. But, uh, but but he was saying that they hoped that Will would make it right when he won Best Actor. He was the odds-on favorite to win. Now, of course, Javier Bardem could have won, and then who knows what, what, what would have happened. Uh, but he was the odd was on favorite, and of course he did, and I don't think he made anything better uh, with his speech. So that kind of confused the reporting on it. But it's interesting that you bring up timing, because so much of this has been PR and timing. Because this week, uh, you know, Will was silent. Uh, Chris was silent. Chris had his show. Will released this statement on on uh, social media, a written statement apologizing again, not from his own mouth that mm-hmm. we saw. Uh, and then uh, and we knew that Chris wasn't going to press charges. But the Academy kept saying, well, we are going to do our own investigation. We are not happy about this. At first, they said on their Twitter account at the Academy, they said, we don't condone violence in any form. Then they, a couple days later, specifically mentioned Will and that they were looking at disciplinary action as far as they can mm-hmm. anyway, without having the the uh, the police involved uh, against him. Uh then, uh, when the reporting got confusing, saying that, no, he wasn't asked to leave, and that's why he 
was still there. The Academy came out with another statement saying, yes, absolutely, he was asked to leave, and he refused to leave. So that is not in dispute anymore. That's from the Academy that they, after that happened, they went, you know, they sent somebody to his seat and said, we need you to leave. And he was less than an hour away from the moment he's worked his entire career for, and he he, he refused. So they have released that now that that he refused to cooperate at the time. So what? How how as as uh, my favorite senator John Kennedy? And no offense, Josh Hawley and Roy Blunt, but my favorite senator John Kennedy because he gives us so many rich quotes, and she, he's just so fun to listen to. As he says, "How do the people walk?" anymore without a spine (laughs) i mean if they asked him to leave i would make it more like you're leaving mr smith and we're calling security if you refuse to leave well you you know know, and that to me was a weak a moment of weakness you are you are exactly right but i i would counter that in the 94 year history of this awards banquet which is what it is it wasn't even televised for the first couple of years because it was for the industry uh they've never had anything like this they've they've had controversies they've had Mm -hmm. uh near fisticuffs they've had uh you know street They've had all kinds of things, but they've never had an an assault in almost 100 years. So I would just counter that they were not necessarily prepared for this. This is not like a rock and roll concert. They were like in shock. Yeah, this is not a rock and roll Uh concert. This is not a place where you need bouncers. (laughs) This is not a a townie bar in South City. And so and these are, uh, um, you know, very uh, respected members in their field. Again, this is not even the uh, Independent Spirit Awards. This is the Academy Awards. And so I don't think they knew how to handle it. They have said they did not handle it properly. I will also go venture to guess that they will be much more strict going forward because if it's one thing that the Academy loves, it's themselves. And they uh. <laughs> are they are so much more interested in protecting their image than they are in protecting Will Smith. Ah, okay, okay. So yeah, I I can see that. I understand that they they were in a tough spot. Um, because they didn't want to already they didn't want to escalate it to more of an incident. Yes. I mean Smith's a he seems to be a pretty big guy, a tall guy at least. I don't know how husky and he seems a big guy. And so I, you know, I understand that. But I think it, one thing we can conclude throughout all of this, Chris Rock's stock just meteorically uh, struck high, right? I mean, it just absolutely is out of this orbit, right? Well, you know, There's no doubt about it. If that. you watch that broadcast or watch the unedited broadcast, which you can see from Japan or Australia, mm-hmm. it's, it's everywhere online. He, he is in legitimate shock about what just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does an incredible job trying to put the focus on the documentary awards. Uh, you know, Questlove won for a great documentary called Summer of Soul, and, and, and he was robbed of his moment, really. Uh, and that's too bad because it's a wonderful film. Uh, but yeah, I think that what happened to Chris was not just shocking. It was also humiliating, probably on purpose. Will Smith didn't get up there and deck him. He didn't punch him. He slapped him. And I think for a grown yeah. man to slap another grown man, there's something emasculating yeah. about that. And for yeah. Chris to recover and do his job and not file charges against the Academy or Will is kind of incredible. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it is. Uh, okay, so when we come back, we're going to talk about what it means to be a member of the Academy, to resign from the Academy, what that means for a career, and take your calls on this matter. Where do you stand on it? Do you? Uh, how do you process it? What would you have done in the moment? 
I've had a lot of discussions with people that had some more creative things they would have done to, to, to make a statement. If they were upset at the, at the joke made about their wife uh, wife's appearance as a result of a medical condition, you know, what would you have done? And that's, uh, that's on the table, and we're going to ask our expert and my friend and producer, Max Foisey, uh, about the Academy. Is it like a country club? I mean, what is, is, it, a, a is it a union? Is I have no clue what it means. 314-912-1019. That's the numbers here on the Randy Tobler Show. On News Talk STL, 1019-941. Be right back. What did you think as you watched it unfold and then what happened after? I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. And uh, it just, it really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. Well, that's Jim Carrey with his take on the Will Smith, Chris Rock issue. And um, I'm not sure that Hollywood ever was the cool club. Um, well, they used to be a club we aspired to. We, we knew that their private lives might be a little bit messy, but I remember, and Max, you can tell me, we're talking with Max Foisy, of course, oh. uh, from Max on Movies and, uh, and, and acclaimed film critic. Um, I, I always thought of Hollywood as the magical place where things were presented in the way that Americans wanted to be. I wanted to be like that. Oh, sure. I it's wanted to be ideal, Jimmy Stewart you know, in Wonderful yeah, Life. Of course, the the, the uh, silver screen, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think there are people who want to be actors, who move out to California and get a job making $2 an hour waiting mm-hmm. tables, who still have that dream. And, and you know, I, I, I'm i the wrong person to bring on the show to, to diminish and ridicule Hollywood because I love film so much. And so I I still hang on to that idea of, of the magic of Hollywood. Would land, uh, you know. I, yeah. I, 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 I adore filmmaking so much and the process behind it. It's just unfortunate that very messy people make up these works of art. Right, and and I remember. A, I mean, what was it? I think I was watching a Frank Sinatra deal on Netflix. You know, a bio on him, a mm-hmm. several part series. Because I'm a, a Sinatra fan. I just really, just not, not so much his private life everywhere, but I mean, there was probably never a greater voice or a greater stylist yeah. ever uh, in the American uh, experience. But at any rate, and I remember there was a scene there where he got in trouble and the studio fired him because of his private life. And you hear stories about the studio. The studio was the boss. And if you weren't behaving, you yes. got called into the studio. And by God, you, you know, you needed to behave and shape it up because we have an image. We sell a product. We The people have expectations of behavior. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And now it's almost like we're going to lecture to you that whatever behavior is aberrant is now, hey, that's what we're preaching. That's what's winning awards. The whole thing has become sort of sordid. It's become a preachy, neo-cultural platform for people. And then you see this kind of behavior. If I'd have done that to you in a meeting uh, at the station, you you know, that'd be done. They'd, I'd be done. They'd fire me, right? Especially well, if it was somehow yeah. on, on a video on the YouTube well, or And I've always said, too, I mean, this is sort of like being invited to somebody's house for a party, for a get-together. And you assault another person at that party. And then you apologize to the hosts and maybe they don't bring you back next year for that party. And that's what that's what <laughs> happened. Uh, now, of course, we, we were just saying that in the last 24 hours, Will Smith has decided to resign uh, from the Academy. And I was telling 
telling you off the air, this struck me as a very Richard Nixon type of move to make it political. How's that? Uh, well, because Nixon was about to be impeached because of the Watergate scandal. And instead of uh, facing that uh, action, which would have been, uh, of course, you know, uh, first of all, the standard impeachment and then possibly a criminal uh, uh, part of that, he just resigned instead. And of course, Gerald Ford would pardon him after that. And so Will Smith was faced facing expulsion from the Academy. And this, of course, would have looked really bad. There's only been a handful of people who have been kicked out. And I think his PR people got to him and said, if you leave, they can't kick you out. And so he released mm-hmm. another statement saying that he's heartbroken and he's embarrassed. He once again brings up Chris. He brings up all the people in the room and he says, I'm resigning uh, immediately. And the Academy uh, released a pretty interesting statement right away as well. <laughs> uh, they say, we have received and accepted Mr. Will Smith's immediate resignation from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and, and Sciences. This is from David Rubin, the uh, president. He said, we will continue to move forward with our proceedings against Mr. Smith for a violation of our standards of, of conduct. So they meet on April 18th and... I don't know what they're going to be able to do because, of course, they're not working with the LAPD. It's not like he's going to be arrested. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's most likely not going to have to give his Academy Award back. That's only ever happened once in history. But I I wouldn't be too surprised if it does happen because this happened in public at their event on television. Mm -hmm. And when people bring up the other people who have had indiscretions, it's all been things in their private life. It's all been right. things that you can point to, like you weren't a good husband, you cheated on your wife, you had problems with the IRS, all of these things in your private life. You didn't come to our party in front of a billion people uh-huh. worldwide and assault somebody yeah. else. So I think this Ouch. is, yeah, this is a lot different. <laughs> and that's why I think their actions will be a lot different. Now, yeah. your question, I think everybody's question is, why does this matter? And I think the best way to put this is to Randy Tobler, to Max Foisey, to our wonderful listeners here at News Talk STL. Being a member of the Academy doesn't mean squat. It doesn't mean anything (laughs) for us. And so being kicked out or being asked to resign... It doesn't move our meter. We, we were never going to be a part of that. But look at your own job. If you're a union contractor, if you uh, mm-hmm. if you are a trucker, if you work in broadcasting and you're a member of AFTRA, mm-hmm. I mean, any of this stuff, mm-hmm. you have to be you reach a certain point where you get invited to the big dance. Not every working mm-hmm. actor or working technician, if you're a sound person, a gaffer, not everybody is invited to be in. You can't just apply. They have to invite okay. you in. Normally, it's okay. if you're nominated for an award or if you just get to a certain level of fame, you are invited in. Will was invited in in 2001. I believe it was because of his nomination for Ali. I think that's why he was mm-hmm. he was uh, brought in. I'm going to have to check that. Uh, but it was something that, of course, he's worked most of his career for is for this award. And to be disinvited or to resign, to not be able to be a part of this rarefied air, not only hurts mm-hmm. ego, but it hurts business opportunities moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, again, for you and me. OK, it, so that that was a question. Nothing. So. Yeah. So and for, from his personal perspective, not only the incident itself, but when I mean, when you've been basically dishonored now, you've dishonored yourself. And now whether you resign or whatever, you're not a member. Is that is it likely that he's not going to be able to get as many offers to either be a director or an actor uh, going forward? I mean, I mean I, not, not that that's connected to being a member of the com- Academy, but I it's think it symbolic. Is. I think it is because it's almost like a dishonorable discharge from the from the military. You can't talk about your great military career if you've been court-martialed. And I, that's okay. what's happening to him in this industry. I mean, for 
for for those people who care about that. Yeah, uh, this means yeah. he's not going to have access to academy screenings. He's not going to have access to academy events. He won't be able to vote every year in different categories in the Academy Awards. Wow. This, again, means something to the people in his circle because they all still have that access. And he has mm. been shoved out now. Uh, as far as, you know, he is a producer. He's producing a new show called Bell Air uh, on uh, uh, Peacock. Do those offers dry up? I don't know. It depends on if other people want to take the risk of associating with somebody who was just expunged. I mean, yeah, because yeah. because people are very cynical and, and they want their own star to rise. And I don't well, yeah. know if, if you want to associate yourself with uh, someone who's been tainted. Well, sure. Especially if you're trying to claw your way up and you'd like to yeah. get, maybe at least escape the, the waiting tables and make your the career I mean, the career. This is what's uh, happened I get to, that. yeah, this is what's happened to, to, to Mel Gibson for, for better yeah. or worse. Mel Gibson was Academy Award winning uh, director, of course, a gigantic actor of action films. Now he's doing direct-to-video stuff. He's still working. Mm. You know, don't don't cry mm. for him. He's still making money, but he is not Mel Gibson. And, right. and I think yeah. that this could happen to Will. Uh, Will could do direct-to-video stuff. I'm not sure that, and it's just, it's crazy to me this happened right when he was he was an hour away from what he worked his entire career for, and he's just ruined it. Yeah. He's just completely ruined it. Just, I just, just the volatility that was exhibited there, and the, and then of course the whole issue of, <clears throat> and this is a delicate topic, but I think I've got cover here. But I was having a discussion with someone the other day, and the topic came up of you know, isn't it ironic? But from the larger perspective of the Academy Awards being used to be, what was it? it, it I think it peaked at like 50 million people used to view this yeah. of an evening, right? Mm -hmm. On a, and I remember there was a time when I cared. I mean, it, I may not have watched all the shows, but I, I knew the names and I maybe had seen one or two. And I th probably a lot of Americans knew more about it and had watched all of the nominate, uh, nominated films. And we're conversing with it. I think more and more people aren't conversing with it. I ask, hey, were you going to see the Academy Awards? I don't have a clue. That's more and more people. Oh, yeah. So they were trying to improve their brand. Mm -hmm. And because of the racial divisiveness and uh, DEI and equity, they had the first uh, a producer, a black producer of the, of the event. And I understand it actually was going pretty well. I didn't watch it. I was actually watching um, West Side Story, mm -hmm. <laughs> ironically. Yeah. Uh, and then you think about the stereotypes of the violent black male back in the 60s and the 70s. You know what I mean? And the, the trying to shed all that. And I thought, boy, that's a toxic subject. And then you tell me that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sort of spanked him for that, right? Yeah. A lost opportunity. You know, he wrote an article. He's a fantastic writer, by the way. And he's he's got this great he uh, uh, series about Mycroft Holmes, as a uh, uh, matter of fact. Oh. Uh, but uh, uh, Kareem, of course, the greatest NBA player of all time. Uh, he yeah. uh, wrote this article, um, Slamming Will for Perpetual stereotypes. Some of what he said was, yeah. he said, by hitting rock, he announced that his wife was incapable of defending herself against words. This patronizing paternal attitude uh, reduces women to helpless damsels needing a big, strong man to to, to defend their honor. Least uh, they swoon from the Oof. vapors. I love that. Uh, but he also said, uh, apparently so many people need Will Smith's protection that occasionally it gets too much and someone needs to be smacked. And he talks about perpetuating per uh, perpetuating these stereotypes of angry black men. And yes, Will Packer mm. is a Hollywood producer. He's produced many movies and he was brought in to make the show more engaging, more contemporary. The opening sequence with uh, the Beyonce almost music video, the in uh, memoriam mm. segment, which is more upbeat. These were all things that he had his hand in. And it is unfortunate mm -hmm. 
that, uh, you know, I mean, to me, race has nothing to do with this story, but certainly people could reduce it to that. And and unfortunately, right. say, oh, look, here's what happened when you have African-Americans in charge of an award show, which, of course, is ridiculous. But uh, Kareem makes a great point right, that right. Will does himself no favors. Yeah, no. And, and I think that's especially I had, you know, one individual told me it's like, darn it. Just when there's more and more Americans that are saying enough of the hatred and the divisiveness and we're actually I think so many people want this to go away and every opportunity to have success. I don't care who the minority is. Just have some success. Great. And then let let the meritocracy speak through your work. And that that just it, it erodes any kind of residual, you know, I'm different than you and therefore I don't like you kind of a thing. And that exists whether you're black, whether you're female, whether you're purple, whether you're transgender, whether you have blue hair, whether what, you know, people just when they're different, they, you know, they have these these potential uh, tensions. OK. And, and and so you see this happening. And in the context of BLM and the violence that went on. Right. And what's going on in the streets of urban America, including St. Louis. That's not happening among young white males. The yeah, black, the, you know, I would so like, yeah, it's but a shame. I, well, but I would like to point out, though, let's say that the the roles were slightly different. Let's say that last Sunday, uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson was there and Jack Nicholson decked somebody. I, I don't think people would be saying, was there a white producer this year? And so. No, no, no. And, that's the point. And so when this happened, I don't think Will Smith thought to himself, wait a minute, is there a black producer no. this year? Oh, I could no. punch somebody. I don't, that didn't. That's yeah, no, didn't no, 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 no. But it gives people who who want to make a racial thing out of it and see see there I go there you go yes. you know just like just like oh who was the mayor in Washington D.C. that was caught with doing the the cocaine you know oh, Mary you'll Mary. hear people yeah. say there you go you give them a chance and look what they do well yeah Fortenberry from Nebraska last time I checked he's Lily White who was just convicted of felony lying to the FBI so no I mean. Common sense, you know, clear-minded people know it isn't about race, but it gives people who want to make it about race yes. a wedge. Yes. That's the problem. Which was Kareem's and it's, point. To me, well. it's a shame. Yeah, It's a shame. It's the irony of it. It's just a cry in shame. Because the, the little bites I saw of the produced segments looked really extravagant, well done. I mean, just entertaining. So, you know, it's a shame. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, the, 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 the conversation around Will Smith gets more and more small every day. But I think the large or cultural conversation for all of mm -hmm. us as far as the idea of defending your family. I, I think these are important things to, to talk about. So we'll step aside and ask the question again, what would you have done? I think I heard, um, well, someone said something that I think may have been the smartest thing that Will could have done. And we'll talk about that when we come back here on News Talk STL 1019-941 with Max and Randy. We're the Randy Tobler Show. Be right back. Welcome back. It's 643 in the morning, 7 o'clock. Leah Olmstead joins us to tell us how she was verbally assaulted by her professor because she happens to work at a conservative radio station. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You hear about this on the national stage. Well, it happened right here to our fair Leah. I tweeted, well, I'll, I'll tell you about that at 7 o'clock when we talk to her. And then we'll talk to Jim Carafano from uh, from Heritage about Ukraine. Uh, Virginia Cruda joins us at 7.45. 8 o'clock, Chris Arps calls us to weigh in on his thoughts on Will Smith, what it means for the larger culture. You know, I, I'm really fascinated to hear Chris's take because I know he had a little bit of a different take than at least most people in terms of that whole spat. Um, we've been talking about it. And what would you have done had you been Will in the moment? Um, and then uh, just uh, we'll talk with uh, someone from IWF. 
uh, Kelsey Bolar about uh, woke Disney and uh, what's going on in, in her world there. So lots coming up on the show today. Let's go to Gene, who's on the line now. Gene, if someone would have made a joke about your wife and it related to a medical condition, or at least that's the reason for the premise for the joke, and it was a big public affair like that, what would Gene have done? Welcome to the program. I'm curious. Good morning, gentlemen. Thinking about that for a moment, you go into that situation, and it seems like it was rather like a roast. And one of the digress back to the Will Smith thing, I think he really screwed up. These people are show are supposed to set an example, if you will, for society, and it just shows that they have very little self-control and not much control on their temper. Now, putting it to your question, it would be a medical thing would be a little bit distasteful, but I would not have gotten up there and done that. I would have approached him after the fact or later, but not got up and done that because, you know, it is a roast type of situation. It's not like a... Yeah. clinical situation or a, or at work or in a yeah. private situation. So that's that's kind of what Yeah, the setting is. was a comedy setting and I mean if you've ever listened to any Don well, you I'm sure you remember Don Rickles. My goodness. Oh, he, yeah. he would make he would make jokes about Jews, about blacks, about, I mean he just it was he would call people's wives like how in the world could you marry her? You know, I mean I I remember some of that stuff. Maybe Max can pull oh, up yeah. something we'll just play it just to remind you, but it's I don't know You know what could. someone told well, me <laughs> I, I, I someone I go ahead. Someone someone told me what they would have done would be to just quietly grab his wife by the arm and together stridently held head held high walk out of the theater quietly. That would have been and, a you know, class maybe, act. That would have been a class act. It would have been a statement, and I think he actually would be in a much different place a week later uh, in terms of the public perception. Yeah, I agree. And, and so. on the on the whole, when you look at society on a whole now, bringing your thing up about past comedians and everything, I'm Catholic and I used to love good Catholic jokes, et cetera, et cetera, and jokes about the nuns and, you know, yeah. non-sexual stuff, clean things about priests and everything. But you had right. George Carlin, Rickles, all of those people, and everybody would just laugh so doggone hard you're practically crying in the snowflake, thin-skinned, intolerant society today, you've ruined, like, I think Max made some comment earlier about, you uh, at one time, about comedians can't be comedians. You can't have a comedian on a college campus anymore because people go whining and crying to their safe space. Well, you're going to see, and you've read about uh, comedy club owners beefing up security. Because now comics don't even know if they're in a safe place when they're when they're doing jokes. Hey, here's one. Here's a mind experiment for you, gentlemen. What would have happened, if anything, if Dave Chappelle would have landed that joke? Dave's a big, tall guy. I wonder if Will would have come up and slapped him in the face. I I bet not. I don't know. <laughs> That's, That's an interesting true. one. Our, our... Or if it would have been uh, a white comedian that said that, then, oh, it's racist and this, that, and the other thing. And then that whole bring up all that tangent of stuff. 
<laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, thanks for your input, Gene. Appreciate it. Oh, one other quick thing, if I oh, may. Oh, go ahead. Uh, nationally, we've spent so much time talking about this Will Smith thing and put all this other stuff to the side where we've got title, I think it's 42, being pulled away and just even a massive more increase in lure on the southern border for an influx of immigrants in the country. It's good to get away for a break, but we've got such severe problems that would be nice if there was that kind of attention focused from yep, the public right. like on those issues as opposed to the Will Smith yeah. thing. Well, I imagine, uh, imagine uh, Joe Biden and, and Jen Psaki and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are very happy that there was a distraction from the disaster that is his management and his rhetoric around Ukraine, Title 42. And I heard the other day that seven, the average under Title 42 crossing the border of illegals has been about 7,000. And it's going to almost double, they estimate, when that goes away in May. Uh, and if you take, let's just take 10,000 on average, multiply that by 365 days, you come up with 3.6 million 3.6 million illegal aliens crossing the border in a year's time. That exactly. is a frightening number. That's that's more than one percent of the patients of the of the nation's population. Um, and with so, both of us, uh, I'm sorry, with both of us, and I don't think they're going to be voting for uh, anyone with a with an elephant on their T-shirt. I'm not sure, but I don't think so. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. There he is, Gene Gene, the dancing machine. So uh, there's, yeah, Title 42 going away is a big deal. Uh, And I think what these people are thinking, you know, Bill, back in the day, Bill Clinton adjusted after he took a shellacking, by the way, Chuck Todd's words based on the latest polling the other day on his daytime NBC show for the the direction that uh, the country is going to take the Democrats come midterms. He said they are in shellacking territory. When Bill Clinton took a midterm shellacking, he adjusted. He recalibrated. He actually, it took him a couple of times around the block with Newt Gingrich, but finally came kicking and screaming with Medicaid reform and uh, had a resounding reelection victory. Uh, You see, politicians have done that throughout the years. But this group, why? I don't know. If they think the base is strong enough and large enough to somehow, could it be that they think that they can muster enough fraud, given some of the liberal uh, election laws that still exist in a lot of the states, and the willingness of people to commit fraud, the voter rolls that aren't cleared up. We're going to talk with Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft about that, about cleaning up the voting rolls and what he's doing to to prevent fraud in our state. I think we all know that no matter what, no matter what enterprise, action, transaction you deal with, there is, well, look at your credit card. How many times have you had to send in your, well, call the credit card company uh, because you got a charge for something from some place you've never heard of in a city you've never been to? And you go, oh, I got a problem. So fraud exists everywhere, but we need to minimize it. And we need to acknowledge that it can exist, and especially in the voting lanes. That man, that is just that has got to be of prime importance. And and so maybe they think that they have enough, uh, they can muster enough with their various coalitions of minorities and oppressed and victims that uh, they can make it happen. But it's just not heading that way. And why Joe Biden it doesn't want to adjust? Why why at this time would they want to open the floodgates by doing away with Title 42? 
Why at this time when inflation just the other day came up again, the the more uh, apparently allegedly more realistic inflation rate was pegged at 6.4%. Oh, wow. That's down from 7%. I mean, really? Um, people can't afford to put gas in their car. The energy secretary Granholm the other day says, well, look, just get a get an electric car. That'll save it. It only costs 10 bucks to fill up your electric car and it costs 60 bucks to fill up your 60 or 80 to fill up your uh, your gas powered vehicle. And look at that. You know, I did a little calculation on that. If you take an electric car at 250 to 300 miles range for a fill up of 10 10 dollars for an electric fill up. That's 25 miles per, you know, per fill up, uh, per per dollar that you're spending. It it just seems to me as though you're, uh, uh, you know, over time, that's going to take an awful long time in terms of savings to pay for that $50,000 Tesla. And we can't all just go out and plop money down on the table, uh, you know, at the local Tesla dealer uh, to, to do that, right? Or G, GM or whoever, whatever uh, electric car you want to drive. Those things aren't, aren't cheap. And people can't just go out and buy those kind of capital items at this time when it's difficult to make ends meet with the price of meat and eggs and milk and cereal. And bacon. I heard there might be a bacon shortage. Or they bite your might go tongue. Up so high. Oh my God! Can you believe that? Life without bacon is like it's not worth living. A day without the Tobler Show on News Talk STL. At least that's what my dog says. My loyal dog Simba, who accompanies me at every show. Um. So yeah, we've got that. We've got the Hunter Biden thing. When we live in an atmosphere where the best that a major news outlet, or I should say, news outlets, can do is acknowledge a year and a half after the fact when it was a potentially election-changing event, and the polls support this. Many Americans, when asked, you know, if you'd have known about the Hunter Biden laptop issue, the influence peddling that went on, and even, well, how can you deny the fact when there's references to the big man, save 10% for the big man, how can you deny that the big man didn't know something about it? And you look at the wealth accumulated by Joe Biden, who's never spent a day in private industry in his life, at least that I know of, maybe maybe working his way through college, but he's been a professional politician. How does this all happen? And, and why is it that it took major news outlets, both print and broadcast, a year and a half to get around to acknowledging it? Had that been Donald Trump's son? Had that been before him, George Bush, George's son, they were all over that. Like white on rice and his drinking problem, right? That broke. I didn't see them suppressing that. And uh, so the double standard is there. And it's absolutely honest. And now the, the probe into Hunter Biden is not just about tax evasion, but it's about money laundering. This is reported in several outlets. Money laundering as well as... Um, a failure to register as a foreign agent. I mean, he's involved with a, a company uh, and received millions of dollars from a company, a tech company that is directly connected to the Communist Chinese Party, the Chinese Communist Party, Burisma in Ukraine, a Kazakhstanian, all just because his name's Biden. I don't think it's because his name's Hunter. All right, well, that wraps it up for this hour. When we come back, you won't believe what a professor said to our producer, associate producer, 
Leah Olmstead. You won't want to miss it at the top of the hour. Lots more coming up on the Tobler Show. Thank you for being here.